At this time, children are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. And if you would, please take your Bibles with me as we focus on Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, verse 9, as you're turning there. The kings of the earth come to bring destruction and devastation. But Israel's king comes to bring peace. The prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus made His triumphal entry where? Into Jerusalem. Let us all stand together. Let us take our Bibles and stand together. I know we don't normally do this, but I want us to read this together. We're going to be reading in the King James Version, and I know I probably threw some of you off, but I just love this text. And let's read together, and if you have the KJV, we'll, we'll be together in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Let's read together. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. For some of you, you're thinking, did we just read that in church? And then he said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Say that with me. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Can you imagine? Just, just think this through. Here it is. It's Palm Sunday. And he tells his disciples, here's what I want you to do. Go do this. But let's stop. I'm going to speed ahead before I rewind the tape and go backwards. But as, the, as this all starts to unfold and the excitement starts to take place, have you been at a parade before? And you're at the per parade, and I remember as a kid, the only thing I worried about wasn't standing there and being bored to tears with all the politicians giving me the wave. Come on, let's admit it. It was all the candy we got. I mean, wasn't that exciting? I mean, they were just throwing it, they were throwing it, tossing at us, and, you know, I think some of them really wanted to hurt me. And, uh, and, and I've often said this too, don't want to say this, but I'm, I'm surprised for some of us kids... You know, one of the little candies just kind of went right out of the bag. And we go running up to these moving vehicles, grabbing candy on the streets. It was an exciting time, I know, for me to just be a part of a parade. I love the parade. As we participated in the Columbus Day Parade, and this year we'll be participating in other parades, it's fun for me, just the, the excitement. I mean, as we go through that parade, and I had the big horn. What is that thing called? Megaphone? What is it called? Bullhorn. That's it. I don't know what it's called. But I always say, bullhorn. As I'm shouting through this, God is good. And all the time. You know, we were shouting it. And it was so much fun. You know, as we go a little distance, we'd shout it again. And everybody behind me was shouting. The Nepali Fellowship was shouting. We're all shouting. And it was just so much excitement that was just, I, I think, that was deriving, driven because of the parade. Can you imagine the day that Jesus came in? Here is a, the King of kings and Lord of lords coming on a donkey, coming to, to bestow peace, 
to everybody. And as they grabbed their palm branches, I mean, can you imagine if we were to take the palm branches and, and you'll be receiving one, there's also crosses that will be in the back if you'd like to have a cross that's made out of the palm, palm branch. You're more than welcome to take one of those and there's also the, the palm branches in the back. But just the excitement as they're waving those branches and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What excitement there was. How much enthusiasm that there was. When I look back on that, I think, you know, these were the same thing. And and I love what Leslie said because I was going to highlight that this morning. That all this excitement, all the fun, after the parade's all done, we all go back and we're like, man, that was a lot of work to be in that parade. It is a lot of work. And then we're exhausted and we're hoping and we're praying And I'm sure the politicians are hoping and praying to go, one more vote. But you know what Jesus was doing? He wasn't worrying about the one more vote. He was more concerned about fulfilling the will of His Father. That's what He was here to do. He was here to fulfill the will of His Father, of God Almighty. Surely the text couldn't have said, a donkey, a white stallion, or even a camel. I'd take the old gray mare before a donkey. (laughs) It's pretty amazing, don't you think? The first truly public acknowledgement of Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah. And he comes as predicted in a way that seems, frankly, a little bit silly. On a donkey? Because when I think of a king, I think him coming in with majesty and with pride. But yet there was Jesus who came. Humble on a donkey, bestowing his peace, saying, I'm coming to save those that are lost. What a moving point. What an exciting point to be considered. God has chosen to fulfill his plan by what? Riding a donkey. On a colt even. The foal of a donkey. What is the meaning of it? Well, for one thing, I think... it. It makes the Messianic claim unmistakable. It wasn't every day, I'm sure, that people rode victoriously through the cheering crowd lined streets of Jerusalem on donkeys. But I'd like to think there's another message for us here today. If God can use a stinky little donkey in the triumphant fulfillment of His plan, then just maybe He's got a plan for me too. So the question I'd like to consider with all of you this morning is this. How does a donkey become fit for the service of the King of Kings? And how can we be made useful for Him too? As I was putting together this message and I told my wife, I said, you know, we all know the story of Palm Sunday. We know the excitement of it. But what must it have been like to be a donkey? What must it would have been like just to, to think that, wow... I was chosen? I'm the one that's going to be carrying Jesus? Do you understand that once... I did a little studying on the donkey. Once a donkey knows you, he will never forget you. You can leave and in 25 years, and this is recorded, you can come back and he'll still remember his master. Isn't that amazing? They're used throughout all of Scripture and I'm going to highlight that today. Because they're a smart animal. 
Often, because I think of the cliche or the word that we all read together, we understand that people use it as a swear word or as slang, and so we discredit really what the donkey is or what its significance is. Many kings would come on a donkey to proclaim peace. But if a king was coming to proclaim war, he always rode on a white stallion. Jesus knew this, for he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. He is God the Father in the flesh. And he knew exactly how he was going to be welcomed and what the crowd was going to do and the excitement. But yet as he looked into the eyes of people, he knew who was going to crucify him on a cruel cross. What a pondering thought to think how many of us today in America stand and say we're a Christian. We'll grab all our palm leaves and we wave them back and forth. And we say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the first opportunity you get to be a Peter or sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver like Judas Iscariot, you're the first one to say, give me silver, give me gold. Wow, what a thought. In our own life, we're there for the excitement. We're there for the fun. But it's difficult to think we would be there for the persecution. This Easter, as you enter into this holy week, may you stop and realize just what He took upon Calvary for you and for me. What He endured for you and for me. Three important things that make this donkey fit for royal service. And they are equally important to us this morning. First, the donkey is selected. Second, the donkey is sanctified. And third, the donkey is satisfied. As we go to the Lord in prayer, are you sanctified? Are you set apart? Do you feel that you've been called? Do you feel you've been selected? And is He satisfied with where you're at in your walk with Him? Let us pray. Father, we come to You this morning. Lord, may we reflect upon this glorious parade, this wonderful time of reflection and excitement As, Father, we look upon the cross and the price that was paid, the stripes that were taken, the nail-pierced hands. But, Father, today we celebrate the excitement. For they were busy celebrating the Passover. And as they saw the wonderful works and the miracles that your son Jesus performed, they said, truly, he must be the Messiah. Father, we believe today that he is the Messiah, that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are Hosanna, and you came to save a sinner such as I. Father, bless the word today. Hide me behind the cross. 
And Lord, may we understand the significance of your word and what a donkey meant to even Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's read together. Turn in your Bible, Matthew 21. Matthew Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Now just think about this. I personally believe Jesus may have made some prearrangements with this donkey. Um, By the way, they actually recommend that nobody even rides a little foal, a baby donkey, until they're six years of age. But there was Jesus again performing a miracle, saying, I can tame him. I can handle it. He says this in his word. Here's his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. He said, Untie them and bring them to me. And if any man say anything unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek, meaning humble, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, others cut down branches from the trees, and strewed them in the way. They spread them out in the road. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus. He wasn't just a prophet. He is and was the Messiah. The point is the specific that donkey had been set aside for noble purposes. We notice that. He told them, go down and get that foal. Go get it, untie it, and bring it back. You see, that donkey was also selected for what? Not just for noble purposes, But he was also selected by prophecy. We noticed in verses 4 and 5 that even Zacharias said, this will take place. So prophecy was fulfilled. 550 years earlier, Zechariah had prophesied about this tiny little donkey. God had a plan and this donkey was selected by God to play a part in his plan. And what I want you to see this morning is that He has selected us too. And even though you're saying, please don't compare me to a donkey, I really believe that we were chosen. That what He's saying about a donkey is that they're faithful, they're dedicated, they're committed, they're hard workers, they're laborers. All through Scripture, you will see donkeys being used not just to carry a human being, but to help in the fields, to bring forth a harvest. 
And I see that comparison with us. He even said in John fifteen sixteen, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. I have appointed you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. He said, I've set you apart. I have selected you to do a work for me. He also says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His what? Of His good pleasure. He said, For it is both good. For everything that you do should be for His good pleasure. Could you imagine the donkey? Here I go. I'm used for your service. Alright, maybe he didn't say that. But, oh, there was a donkey that spoke, and I will get to that this morning. So God can use his animals. If, if he can part the Red Sea, he can make a donkey talk. We just have to be willing. We have to be surrendered. That was the donkey. He was surrendered. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. He's taken you from a place that was dark into a great place of light. How many of you want to say today, I want to be delivered out of darkness? We'd all say that, wouldn't we? You'd say amen, Pastor. We would. We, we want to be out of darkness and we want to be in His marvelous light. As I was studying for this, I thought to myself, man, even in God's Word, Peter was saying we're a royal priesthood. We're part of history. We're His children. I know it also says we're a peculiar people. I'm sometimes kind of peculiar. And I think sometimes we Christians are peculiar. But I think a donkey was kind of peculiar too because he could have said you know, get this or do that or make this or, or cause this to happen. But he didn't. He called a donkey. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Can you turn these fans up higher? Thank you. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's workmanship. We were created in who? In Christ Jesus. That means from the ant to the dog to the foal of a donkey. We were all created for His good pleasure. Now, serving the Lord is fun. But serving the Lord can be difficult too. He didn't say it would be easy. He said, yes, you will be persecuted as I. And I'm sure as that donkey when it was prearranged and he was selected, he must have known because they're a smart little animal. And he must have looked Jesus in the eye and as Jesus touched him through all of his journeys, even if it was a little one, he knew that he was going to be set apart, separated, called out and selected by who? God Almighty. Isn't that a pondering thought? I know some of you are in this room today and you, you think to yourself... You know, I don't have any talents. I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can't preach. I can't walk behind a lawnmower. But there's something you can do. 
Because He has selected you for His glory. And God just wants to motivate you. And today, God wants to motivate you by a donkey. And don't misinterpret what I'm saying here today, but I couldn't help and feel a tugging by God Almighty to preach a message on a donkey. Because I really believe that if we were to take the attributes of that donkey and apply them to our life, we then would be just as humbled and surrendered as a donkey. We have been chosen not only for blessing, but we have been chosen for His service. You may not be a king. You may not be a Sunday school teacher. But God knows you by name. Listen to me, church. It says in Luke 12, 7, that even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't fear for you are more valuable than many sparrows. He knows you. George Nucius. He knows every one of us. And He loves you. He cares for every one of us. He has a plan for you to serve Him. He has prepared in advance good works for you to do. So next, notice with me, the donkey who was selected is what? He is sanctified. What does the word sanctified mean or sanctification? It actually means set apart or declare holy. He was consecrated. Some people say you are sanctified or you are consecrated. It's made legitimate or binding by a religious sanction. So Jesus said, I'm going to sanctify this donkey. I'm going to set this donkey aside to do a work to glorify my Father. Remember, we already went through the Gethsemane experience. He now knows that He's going to go down through the Via Dolorosa and He's going to bore the sins of mankind are going to be upon His brow. He's going to be pierced for our iniquities, bruised for our transgressions, and by His stripes we will be healed all because of the cross. One, he was what? Selected. Two, he was sanctified. By what? Preservation. Here's what it says. Turn with me, if you will, to Mark, Matthew, Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Verse 1 says, he, he and, and I'm just going to reiterate what I've said, but... He's telling them, go down, go into Bethany, the Mount of Olives. He tells his disciples to go. Verse 2 says, go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you enter there, you shall find a colt tied whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. If any man say to you, why do you do this? Say that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they untied him, they loosed him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What are you doing losing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus has commanded, and they let them go, and they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off trees and strewed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, Hosanna, blessed is the name, or blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. 
And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, and now the evening tide was come, he went out into the Bethany with the twelve. So here we are again. He said, go get that colt. You know what I see going on here? He had 12 disciples that were willing. Two that said, we'll do whatever you say. But can you imagine just the 12 disciples that didn't understand? Two of those disciples, what about it doesn't say who they were? What about if they were Peter and Judas Iscariot? They submitted to him and they went. Knowing that they would betray him, that they would sell him out. Listen closely. I did a little research here, and I want to read this to you. Such animals in Jewish tradition often had special religious significance because they had never been used for any worldly purpose. For example, why wasn't this a big white stallion or a camel ordained in jewels and all the royalty? But it was a donkey, an animal that never borne a burden. It was therefore young and it was inexperienced. In God's Word, I decided to go back and I thought, how many times was the donkey used? And one story after another story after another story after another story, a donkey was used for God's glory and for His work. Because why? They had a relationship. We noticed... That from Joseph and his donkey in Genesis chapter 42 to Jesse and Abigail in 1 Samuel. Abraham rose early and saddled up his donkey in Genesis chapter 22. Moses and his family departed on a donkey in Exodus 4. The journey of Mary and the child Jesus in Matthew 2. A king would ride such an untrained beast when he was on a mission of peace. Whereas... He would ride a mature, trained white horse on a mission of war. What a glorious day that will be when the heavens open and Jesus will return riding on a white horse to rapture His church and to claim His rightful place on this earth. Revelation 19 verse 11. We must be separated from the world like a donkey, also to be useful to the Lord. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2.21, If a man therefore purge or cleanse himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and set apart for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. It's also necessary for us to preserve our time and energy for the use of the Lord's service. So often we give Him the leftovers of our life when He desires our first fruits. Being sanctified also means being prepared for God's use. By what? By preparation. He prepared the donkey. He said, go get him. Bring him to me. The donkey was prepared for the Lord's use. And we must be prepared for the Lord's use also. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify or set apart the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with what? With meekness 
and with fear. With fear. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, spending time getting to know the Lord in prayer and the study of His Word prepares us for His use and allows the Holy Spirit to work in us, to sanctify us for what? For His service. Here's the story. He takes a young, trained donkey. And he says, go get him. Now, first of all, did you think that separation from that foal to, from the mother to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to take this. Sorry, I know it's, it's never been ridden, but the Lord wants to use him. So he takes him up there. And do you think that word started spreading on that glorious day, when all of a sudden, you know, the people were lined up, they knew this great parade was going to take place. But can you guys also picture Roman soldiers? The kings that said, wait a minute, what are you doing? He's not a rabbi. He's not a teacher. Who is he? He's just Jesus. Don't waste your time lining up the streets. Don't waste your time boy, isn't that just like Satan? He does that to us, doesn't he? Don't waste your time serving him. Don't get exhausted, really. You don't want to waste your time. I mean, really? Why go to church? I mean, why even sign up in a, a ministry fair? Why do anything, really? I mean, it's just Jesus. Really? Come on now. I mean, if he was such a king, he would have come in on a big horse. If you're such a Christian, why are you suffering the way you are? Because God didn't say this road would be easy. And what I learned is that to be set apart means totally surrendered for him. That's set apart. We all in our walk of life should be set apart. We should be sanctified. We should say, you know when people see us? Woo! There's a light that follows that guy. There's a light that follows that woman. We should continue to bear great fruit. When people meet you, they should say, man, there's something different about him. Yes, we're human beings. We're sinners saved by God's grace. We're not perfect. But you know what? I do know this. And when they saw Jesus come through those gates there in Jerusalem, here's what they thought. How in the world did he train that young little donkey? Because I've never seen anybody do that before. Let, raising Lazarus from the dead, allowing the blind to see, performing miracles, and this is the same Jesus that a grave will not hold him down, that will rise again victorious over death and sin. Hallelujah. But he wanted many to see it all started from a humble beginning. And third, and my last point, satisfied. To present himself. Donkeys are not known for a submissive temperament. It is worth noting that this donkey presents himself to the master to be used. 
Like Him, we must present ourselves to the Lord. I won't turn there for sake of time today, but I love the story. Write this down. Numbers chapter 22, verses 21 and 35 through 35. The angel and Balaam the donkey. I love the story. And I don't need to read it, but I'll try to act it out for you. Here's Balaam who loses all perspective, who's a sorcerer slash prophet who is supposed to be doing great things in light of God Almighty. But you see, he wanted to continue yielding to the king, and everything he did was all about monetary gain. Gimme, 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 gimme. If you gimme, I'll go ahead and do this for you. If you gimme, I'll go ahead and do that for you. If you gimme, 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 gimme. Man, he was trying to get all the can, can, all he get, and sit on the can. Did you get that? Trying to get all the can, can, all he get, and sit on the can. He was... Lost perspective. There was a time in his life, I'm sure that God said, you're a prophet and you're called, you're sanctified, you're separated, you're set apart, and I'm going to use you for my glory. So what's he do? Well, you know, Balak says to him, I want you to go do this and, and I need you to do that and I want you to put a curse. And So he loses perspective. You read the story. So he gets on his donkey and he starts traveling on his donkey. All of a sudden, he doesn't realize, why does the donkey all of a sudden take a right-hand turn and start traveling this direction? And Balaam got so mad, it says in his word, that he struck him, smacked that donkey, and said, I told you, you're to be submissive. Remember, because the donkey is obedient to his master. And so all of a sudden, that donkey turned to the left, went back this way. All of a sudden... As he starts back on that trail again, he stops. And something startles him. And it says they were going through a vineyard. And all of a sudden, he smacked Balaam's leg up against the wall. And it hurt him. And so Balaam starts crying, Ouch! This is for you kids. There's little ones in here. And then all of a sudden, it says, Number two, he struck him and said, How dare you be disobedient to me? And what did that donkey do? He turned around and he said, I told you to go straight. As he did, he went straight. And for the third time, don't you love God's numbers of, of perfection in three? It's always threes and sevens in God's word. The angel of the Lord stood there with his sword. And he spoke to Balaam. And he said, I told you to be a blessing, not to bestow a curse. You're looking at monetary things and you're very lucky that this donkey for the third time just bowed and kneeled. It says that the donkey fell to the ground, wouldn't move. So Balaam fell down and it says he was struck the third time. He said, had that donkey not wavered, he said, I would have killed that donkey dead. And so he said, I'm going to tell you this comes from the Lord Almighty. Here's a word from God. You turn around and you do everything I tell you to do. And if you don't, I will take your life. And the rest of the story is he became submissive. But I didn't share something with you. He said, hey donkey, why are you stopping? The donkey looked at him and he spoke to him and said, didn't you see the angel of the Lord? And I'm sure Balaam right then said, are you really talking to me? I love that story because God can use anything He wants for him. 
And so he said, don't you see standing in front of you, this is the donkey talking. There's God Almighty. There's His representative. You better do something because I'm not taking my life for you. But he still was surrendered. He was obedient. Sometimes I think we become satisfied. We become content with such things. Have you presented yourself to God? The Bible says in Romans 12:1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Yes, He has chosen us, but He will not work against us. He wishes for us to present ourselves to Him, to be submissive to His will in our lives. How was the donkey satisfied? He played a humble part. In spite of this importance of the donkey's role in the fulfillment of prophecy, he still plays a big part. His job is to lift up Jesus so that Jesus can be seen by the crowds. You see, we have a similar role in God's plan. Not to be exalted, but to exalt Christ. To make Him be seen by the world. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6.3. It says, For if a man thinketh to himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Jesus warned us in His Sermon on the Mount not to be like the religious people who did their good deeds to be seen by men. The good works that the Lord has prepared in advance for us are works that bring glory to His name and not ours or not to our own. Like the donkey, we must be satisfied with a humble part in God's plan. And so we conclude by saying this. You know, donkeys really aren't that great. They're stubborn. Sometimes they're smelly. They're small. Not really able to do all that much. But Jesus used a donkey in His most triumphant public moment here on earth. He could have chosen a white stallion outfitted for battle as He portrayed in the book of Revelation. He could have chosen a camel decked out in sumptuous velvets and shiny jewels. But He chose a donkey. Maybe today you're asking yourself and maybe you're reflecting, maybe you're not a white stallion. Or maybe you're not even an old gray mare. You may have never really thought of yourself as part of God's grand plan. But the Bible says exactly what you are. You have been selected by Him to fulfill a part of His plan prepared in advance for you. To fulfill that role, you need to be what? Sanctified. You need to be prepared for a service by separation from the world's evil and committed to Him. And you must be satisfied to take the role of a servant, fulfilling God's plan for God's glory and not your own. The Messiah has come to die on a cruel cross, to shed His blood upon Calvary. And so this Easter, we shout, Hosanna! For God is with us and He has come to save us. I hope today 
as you've probably said in times past. A donkey? Really? But God used such an awesome animal to be part of such a glorious, memorable day. Where's your stamp in your life for Him? Would people say, He's the pillar of the assembly? Would somebody say, He was the most godly daddy I ever had? Would someone say, She's the most prayerful mother I've ever seen? And if I were to line up the streets and they were to see you come down through, would they say, that's a man after God's own heart. That's a woman after God's own heart. And lastly, would they say, I want to be just like them. Because they're just like Him. I hope today you ask yourself these questions and you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are you separated? Are you sanctified? Are you set apart? Let us pray. Father, we come to you today, Lord, and we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for this Palm Sunday. Lord, that you can continue to motivate us and to help us. Lord, like a donkey, we need to surrender our lives to you, realizing that you're the Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the Almighty. And Father, we started today singing, Awesome God, for you are awesome. And You sent Your only begotten Son to die for us. To live 33 short years on this earth. To make a difference. To make an impact. To leave a legacy of history that today men of God would stand in Your pulpits and preach Your words of salvation and of hope. And Father, until You come back on that great white stallion and rapture Your church and proclaim Your rightful place upon this earth, Father, may we not lose heart, but may we focus on You and our daily walk. Help us, Lord, to be sanctified, separated, and set apart. Putting all that aside, help us, Father, to surrender our own. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let us stand together.